welcome back to Rotten Rewind, a podcast that digs through the crates, the most critically defamed films we can find on RottenTomatoes.com. The film can't crack the 60% mark the Rotten Tomatoes sets as its freshness scale. We get to reinvent them here on the podcast in full glam. I'm Max Drew. <laughs> I'm Courtney Pronto, <laughs> and I'm sad to report that this will be our last week of our Queer and Rotten series because Pride is coming to an end and we're no longer allowed to stand queer f- films on the podcast. That's not true. You just made me say that. I know. I'm um, sorry. It's over, though. We're no longer able to talk about them. It's been a fun ride. I have thoroughly enjoyed this month so much, but for our grand, grand, grand finale, we're paying tribute to one of queer cinema's most beloved filmmakers, Todd Haynes. I also feel like he's like a Portland person. He's lived out here before. Um, we'll he's be from the Valley, that. though, so you can't claim yeah, Todd yeah, Haynes. Yeah. I can Fine, claim Todd Haynes. Fine, fuck you. Portland has boy. so little. We have so little. We have Gus, Well, Todd. you can't have Todd Haynes. The Valley doesn't have <laughs> much you. either, so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be discussing his super ambitious 1998 faux biopic of a glam rock singer who isn't but totally could be David Bowie in Velvet Goldmine, starring Christian Bale, Jonathan Reese myers and a surprise appearance by Ewan McGregor's penis and asshole. That's right. Right. We get his penis and his asshole. <laughs> but before we discuss the uh, second cinematic appearance of Ewan McGregor's dick on screen, let's introduce our, our guest this week. They're the host of Gay Wine, a camp enthusiast and just a very rad human being. Kay Whelan, welcome back to the show. Thanks, guys. So happy to be back. Thank Especially you. For Pride Month. You were, or, you were season two premiere, right? That's what, that's what yeah, it was. Show okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, for showgirls. Okay. Yeah. Another, I mean, honestly, I feel like that's in the queer canon too. So. It really is. Yeah, yeah, it really is. <laughs> Any, anytime you want to dig into something like truly excessive, call me. <laughs> I feel um, like both of the movies you've gotten have been really good, like costume movies too. Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I loved, I mean, that's one of, I mean, obviously we'll, we'll, we'll get into it, but the, the visuals on this movie are just like chef's kiss. Yeah. So yeah. Good. Well, I think the costumes were the only thing that really... I had never seen it. This okay. was the only Todd Haynes movie I hadn't seen. Or no, that's not true because I watched Poison yesterday. I hadn't seen Poison. Um, oh, I've never seen Poison, actually. Yeah, I watched Poison on this one. I recently watched Superstar, the Karen Carpenter story, the one that he made um, with like yeah. balls, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like his student work. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty rad. I mean, oh, I really. It's rad. I've never seen that either. It's on YouTube. You can find it's like 45 minutes, I think. Mm-hmm. I'll check um, it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool. Poison was really cool too. Poison's on the Criterion channel right now. I need to see that. It's odd for sure. I mean, even this one, like I wish I could have watched it a second time before we talked about it. Or it would have been cool to see it at the New Beverly because they're showing it yeah. at the New Beverly um this coming week. Oh, rad. That's so cool. Jelly belly. Like we were talking about before we started recording, it's a little hard to get your hands on unless because it's not on like streaming sites. I went to Movie Madness and they loved that I rented it. So they like you can buy you can get like physical copies of it. I mean, I remember renting this movie with like the same cover and everything as like a teenager because I was like an Ewan McGregor person, you know, like you watch Train Spotting and you're like, oh, he's sweaty and hot. And so then I. When, so I, I wonder if this is like one of the first Christian Bale movies I've I also ever saw. Yeah, I mean, well, and this was this was only two years after um, McGregor did um, Train Spotting. Uh, did Train Spotting, right? It was, yeah, I it was think really, so. Yeah, 
And yes. then Christian Bale hadn't been in, I mean, I guess he'd been in, you know, Empire of the Sun and stuff. But, he'd been in um, stuff, but like he wasn't like a breakthrough to like women. US audiences, I think. Oh, little yeah. women, goddamn. He wasn't little yeah, women. Yeah. Well, and also, then I remember, Myers is like, no, no, that's what I was going to say. I was like, I remember by, when I watched this as like a 16 or 17 year old, I remember thinking, who the fuck is this other guy? Like, who the fuck is Jonathan Reese Myers? Like, because like, he seems 20. less, but now he's he so is born to play, he's born to wear this makeup. Oh, absolutely. He's he looks, he's gorgeous in this movie. Gorgeous. Yeah, he really is. He never really Was he a match off. point? Yeah, he's a match point. Didn't he just mm-hmm. have like a lot of public, maybe sort of like drug related incidents and like I don't know. I think that's um, true. He was also kind of struggles with bit, like Beckham. Oh, um, he was the coach in that movie. Remember? Yeah, yeah, uh, an almost gay movie. I I wish that movie were a little bit like it's like almost gay. Now it would be, I think. Yeah, it I would, guess. Like, you know they what I mean? They would have made it way gayer. Did you watch that movie called Plan B? That's on either Amazon or Hulu, like one of the streaming. I think it's a Hulu movie. That's no, about, I haven't like, seen it. It's like a best friend movie. It's really derivative of Booksmart, but I still really like it. And it's like I just think that Ben, like Beckham, would have taken it that extra step and like queer one of the characters or made their relationship queer but instead there's just like a panic moment i think but and her best friend's gay also okay okay her her, yeah her friend's gay in it but but it's like it's still yeah it's it's there's it's almost gay it's Mm -hmm. pretty kira knightley's gay in it no well that's the thing she's not like and she should be like she's got the haircut for it and like it's all it's all happening but instead it's actually (laughs) you know the the linchpin is uh that they're both they're both into into jonathan reese myers they're both into the coach oh yeah apparently jonathan reese myers got a dui last year in malibu he crashed his car yeah so i just think he's had like a lot of like public little flare-ups that involve like drugs and alcohol and so i don't know if people like don't cast him because of that that's a shame that's sad addiction's tough we'll get into it but like also like he's really good in this movie but he doesn't have that like i mean like christian bale and ewan mcgregor are just christian bale and ewan mcgregor like it's like i like ewan mcgregor but i don't think he's like he's not my type he's not really sexy to me he's very sexy to me in this movie i like a i like an unhinged oh my god he's so hot in this movie it's (laughs) yeah he really is i i think i've said it before not to invoke the canceled louis ck but he was right when you see him in person he's really fucking good looking yeah so you've said that to me he's like yeah. he's like startlingly good looking and he said he kind of has like a flirty vibe too right there's just something yeah, his about aura, him when his you see him where you're just like oh man this guy's really hot actually <laughs> <laughs> like oh fuck i never thought of ewan mcgregor as being i never really thought he was that handsome or anything like i knew obviously like a lot of people really liked him but then seeing him in person i was like oh yeah you are really good looking i feel like you know people's energy makes such a big difference and it really comes through in this movie too you know like just yes. even yeah, his performances on stage in this movie are just like, oh, yes. oh my God. It doesn't really matter much what a man does with his life. What matters is the legend that grows up around him. Brian Slade was the wildest rock star to come out of London. The biggest thing since sliced Beatles. But that wasn't enough. We set out to change the world. What happened? Who did it? And why? Next week is the anniversary of the whole shooting incident. One journalist is about to look into the mystery. I was trying to contact you about a story. From the moment Brian Slade stepped into our lives, nothing would ever be the same. He was, in the end, like nothing he appeared. Right after everything crashed, Brian seemed to get 
lost in the lie came someone else. Miramax Films invites you to throw away your expectations and take a magical trip back to the 70s. When the glam scene rocked London and the outrageous fashions, music, and behavior shocked the world. I knew I should create a sensation. Lucy based on the iconic beginnings of David Bowie and the rise of glam rock in the 60s and 70s. Velvet Goldmine finds director Todd Haynes following up his breakout 1995 AIDS allegory safe with his most ambitious film to date. Kicking off in 1984, where we meet queer journalist Arthur Stewart, played by a pre-Patrick Bateman Christian Bale, but post Little Women, never forget, as he recounts the rise and fall of a beloved rock star named Brian Slade, who I feel like Brian is just not a great rock star name though but don't you think that it's he he picked brian because most of the music that he was able to use is brian eno i don't know i'm just saying brian just slade saying. It's I, like I slade. You. it's like I, yeah, slade yeah, yeah, works, yeah i don't brian think brian really doesn't yeah, yeah. i'm brian <laughs> yeah <laughs> but brian eno still like i feel like he's the one that has like a, like accrued the most like legitimacy sure. like i feel like he's still like well, brian you so brian you know like flows as a name too especially for the kind of music he does yeah, brian, brian slade. slade is just like i'm brian slade yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it sounds like a shock jock or something yeah yeah it does it does it does coming at you gonna eat like a mosquito on air or, yeah 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 i'm brian slade in the morning anyway brian slade who fell into obscurity after a death hoax he performed on stage a decade prior as Arthur digs into Slade's past by interviewing those closest to him, he meets Slade's ex-wife, Mandy, played by Tony Collette, who helped shed light on Slade's turbulent affair with American rocker Kurt Wilde, played by oh. a totally not American Ewan McGregor, uh, and Slade's controversial bisexuality at the time. As Arthur digs further into Slade's life to find out where he could be hiding now, he recalls how the music of the era, especially Slade's, gave Arthur the courage to embrace his own queerness, especially in coming out to his disapproving conservative parents in his 20s. Haynes zigzags through the decades, reimagining the classic rise and fall biopic, through his own signature style and uses the iconography and sexual fluidity of Bowie to navigate queerness in one of the most turbulent eras in recent memory. And that's Velvet Goldmine. Yeah. I think that's I just, say, there's a lot just, going on. But, there's so sorry. much going on. I was going to say, gorgeous job because it is really hard to like get your- uh, Claws in it. Yeah. There's a lot going on. It's hard on to get Velvet a handle Goldmine. on the plot. <laughs> there's, there's a lot yeah. happening. I did not realize this until this though, but it's his only rotten movie, which is kind of like bonkers to me that he was able to do that, but it's that 58% and- We'll I was going to say it's barely 60%. rotten. Yeah, it'll probably be at 60% any day it'll now. So we're there. lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting that I'm not there is as fresh as it is. In Me this. too. And no, I, it's not a good movie. It's, an, it's not my like place to say it, but I think it's homophobic that Velvet Goldmine is rotten and I'm not there, is it? Because I, I do kind of actually think there's a little bit of truth to that because I'm just like... Yeah, I movies, think that's probably true. I'm not there. I haven't, as, seen, I haven't it seen it since in a while. It came out. Yeah, but that's a messy movie. Like that's a it's like, not a movie I plan yeah. on rewatching. Yeah. I wanted to almost, and then I was like, I don't really need to. I mean, there's parts of it that are good. Like everyone's pretty good in it, except Richard Gere's part is just like, fuck. Ben Wishaw's oh, actually fuck. really good in it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of like, is, this movie is like definitely a lot more like fluid and like coherent than I'm not mm -hmm. there. Did and like, they're both really ambitious. And I like 
admire on that there like i totally respect what he's trying to do there i just don't like love the movie but did yeah. anyone yeah. see that dark waters movie that i came saw out dark recently? waters as you say you're the roof below lover they love knew the and they let the it Ruffalo. happen to it's just occurring to me but max you kind of look like him a little bit he, oh, he gets don't, that. don't, don't. I wish. My life would be so much better. He's like, don't, don't, don't stop. No. I mean, what? Okay. Stop it. No, no I think when, Wait, maybe when we... he's younger, when he had the mustache, but yeah. yeah. Wait, what is everyone's favorite Todd Haynes thing? Can we do that for a second? I think I mean, safe. I'm going to be a basic bitch and say Carol. I fucking love Carol. I Carol's think that's really great. I think Carol's you're a basic great. bitch if you say Far From Heaven. No, I think Far yeah. From Max Heaven. Max is going to say really safe. Well, it was Carol. And then I rewatched Safe last night after this, and I was just Safe is so fucking good. I, I really, I think Safe is pretty. I love Carol. That. Carol's like up there for me. But I talk about it all the time on the podcast. Uh, I love his adaptation of Mildred Pierce. I still have to oh, watch yes. it. I gotta watch it. You know, I it. always forget about that. Yeah. I, I always you know, that he made that every movie. time that you watch something that's disappointing, and I'm looking at Mayor of Easton here because it has two of the same uh, cast members. Every time that you watch something disappointing, I would say remember that you can you can watch Mildred Pierce and be incredibly satiated. And if you're a, if you if Carol is your favorite, I would actually say that Carol and Mildred Pierce and Far From Heaven are the ones that are trafficking in that like classical Hollywood yes. style. I think right, Far right. From Heaven ends up being like the most you know Oscar baiting and baiting. And Carol gets to be like a little lush and happy, and Millard mm-hmm. Pierce just gets to be like pulpy in the right way. That that right. ends up being my favorite. But I think that yeah, I think that Mildred Pierce is his best thing. So even though he's a director that I don't think that I'm like a huge fan of, right. I realize that I talk about a couple of his things all the time. So then I have to admit, yeah, maybe maybe I'm more in his pocket than I think of myself as. Yeah, yeah. I kind of think of him this the same way, honestly. I I I don't. He's not someone who I would call to mind if if someone were like. Who are some of your favorite directors yeah. but yeah I, I do really enjoy his work a lot and this movie I mean I saw this when I was like 15 and I was really struck by this movie I mean mostly visually honestly yes. like I mean a lot of it yeah. was like the fashion and, and things like that but my friend put it on it was her birthday and she was super into like glam rock stuff and put it on at her birthday with the sound off and that was like the first time I saw it so I think maybe that's a good that's movie a to watch with the sound off yeah you it, it really is oh, yeah you could totally just put it on at a party I mean, did either one of you, because like I was also into the kind of music that this movie is referencing. I I don't think it's a spoiler to say that like there's no David Bowie songs in here because he like revoked the right to them. Right. Yeah. Um, He almost sued or did sue. He did. He sued right before. Like, I think he was on board until he realized that it was based on some unauthorized biographies by of him and one of them by Mm -hmm. his ex-wife. And he was like, oh, no, Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. I don't want any part of this. And then so I think that was like a last minute thing which i think also kind of informs some of the probably the messiness of the movie is that like he probably had to scramble pretty yeah. last minute to switch some shit around because it's very and there were some clearly. other production issues too right like wasn't it like one of the the there was like a french production company that kind of like went bankrupt or something that oh. that was bankrolling the movie and so they oh, lost probably, like a yeah. million dollars or I mean, I, I'm throwing a million dollars out there, but they've lost a ton of money. Mid- oh, I'm sure production, it, I think. it definitely had a bumpy road. And then, I mean, like this is also the beginning of their, I'm assuming his relationship with Miramax and the Weinsteins at that time, too, because they do Far mm-hmm. From Heaven and I'm Not There. It's funny that he goes from because he does he does Poison, which is obviously like a really like pretty weird first movie and then he gets to do safe with julianne moore which is like a pretty big breakout then i think after safe he does this and like really goes like full ambitious 
And then after this, he goes to far from heaven. So it's kind of like, he's like, okay, I'll try to like appeal to yeah. something maybe more a broader, even, yeah. even though it's still tackling like different, you know, like so-called like difficult subject matter for like a mainstream audience. It has like an Oscar It's difficult, appeal. but it's also like, it's easy to digest. I mean, it's essentially yeah. like a Douglas Cirque. It is. Yeah. Up in lots of ways. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, you know, it's a language of a filmic language that I think people really. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't like biopics, but I think that instead of doing Far From Heaven or someday like a continuation of that send up, if if Todd Haynes wants to like make a Rock Hudson biopic, like I actually think that could be Ooh, interesting because right. the actual biography of Rock Hudson is ultimately, I think, like more subversive than redoing a Douglas Sirk movie. And then I'm actually shocked that no one has Rock made Hudson. A- maybe maybe no one will let them, but. And it's a shame because mm. John Hamm's getting too old. Close the fucking bridge. No, I'm not. Wow. I, I truly, I've, I, this has, this has never occurred to me really like that, that this hasn't been made and I can't believe it hasn't. And right now, honestly, I feel like it'd be like, like kind of a, yeah. a good time. And if anyone else did it, really I think I would be pretty sad well right now. Yeah. yeah. Like, cause, cause like obviously Cirque has like, or sorry, obviously Haynes has like a great grasp of like, cause, cause he has like so many interests. I think that's what makes him like, sometimes a director that I forget like oh yeah you're the same guy who did this and this and this and this because he has so many interests like he loves like music and glam shit but he also like loves like a melodrama and I think this is the first time that he's like trying to blend those things because the plot of Velvet Goldmine can get like convoluted and a little silly like I remember coming out of it in high school not really loving it because it's sort of like the linchpin that the movie decides to like rest on is a little stupid to me like it has always been like a little silly and um unbelievable whereas like what it took us to get there like i like the journey but i'm not satisfied with the will you will you say more about that actually because i think that that's a really good point and i think like something that is kind of i think kind of like that's what the the sort of i guess badness of this movie kind of like revolves around yeah because it's on like a reveal that brian slade so we're supposed to think that brian slade basically like jesse what 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 was his name the kid who from empire who maybe staged his own Jesse Smollett yeah it's like, like I was like, okay, so Jesse Brian Smollett? Slade kind of Jesse Smollett's himself well it's kind of supposed like, to be more like a it, it, it's not quite the same I'm just kidding he's not just like, let me he's make not my like Jesse I was the victim jokes. of a hate crime <laughs> he right. doesn't so, like stage the guy. <laughs> Okay. Well, anyway, so he like stages his own assassination and then it's quickly like, oh, it was just sort of a, what would you call it? Like it was, it was just a like publicity a stunt. Yeah. It was I mean, a publicity like he, stunt. Thank yeah. you. And it's based on something that actually, well, I mean, well, really, well, kind of, I mean, it's like, based around David Bowie's decision to like kill off Ziggy Stardust. I mean, he obviously mm-hmm. didn't actually fake his own murder, but it's sort of like a reference to that. Like it's a little bit of a Easter egg, I guess, sort of thing. Uh, another, yet another uh, reference to- Well, I like, think that's what this is. That really, yeah. yeah, It's a lot of Easter okay. eggs for like, it's, that's kind of what I'm not there is too. It's kind of like, you have to be, you gotta be pretty down with Bob Dylan to like get, to catch a lot of that. Cause I remember like, I saw it in theaters when it came out with my mom and she loved Bob Dylan. And, and I think that she caught a lot of it, but was still like, yeah, I don't like, she's like, I know a lot about Bob Dylan, but like that still didn't really like connect me to it anymore. Mm -hmm. I think would ultimately, and listen, I like this movie just fine, but I think it would be stronger if it decided to either fictionalize more or 
it just got to right. be a biopic because it's like in that gray zone. It's weird. So then, so Brian Slade like doesn't die, and but his career sort of takes a big dip. And then ten mm-hmm. years after the fact, Christian Bale's character, who's now like a music journalist, has to search and find him. And then the end, we realize you know, he has just become another rock star who doesn't really look facially that similar to me than Jonathan Reese Myers. Like no, it was just because it's like do you keep Jonathan Reese Myers, but then then it's so obvious. Like I don't know what the answer yeah. is. I just think that. Like the finale gets to be a little on the kooky side where the rest of the movie the, yeah the finale feels a little baby Jane where the rest of the movie just feels like of something else yeah I think the whole thing I guess the whole thing of him like reinventing himself and I think you're right Kay, that it is kind of supposed to be like Bowie killing off Ziggy Stardust or whatever but then it's I guess the whole thing was that like in the 80s it's supposed to be that he's kind of reinvented himself to be a more mainstream accessible pop star the way that Bowie did Tommy the, Stone yeah like during the Reagan and Thatcher era and how it's supposed to be like he's kind of conforming himself to that time and how he can so that he can still be you know popular. but the movie makes it like explicit that they are actually supposed to be two separate people and that we're supposed to have like found something out though right it's like yeah, a it's, reveal it's, it's a little hard but I it's mean, not I very done yeah, it's not it's, done it's in a way messy. that feels yeah. cathartic in a way that like something like fight club or gone girl when you're like oh it's right. so bizarre and after like secret knowing, window with johnny depp <laughs> oh my god oh my god it's not a it's it's not a twist that lands super effectively and i think no. it also it's like i think that the things that are interesting about this movie are the kind of experimental structural elements and like the visual things and kind of the way that it sort of captures a certain element of this time yeah, and for i sure. kind of wish that the movie was maybe like either more experimental i think like what you were just saying you know basically like mm-hmm. i wish it was more of a biopic or more of like this like experimental kind of romp that i think it is in its really good moments yeah or not I, even like it, yeah if it could have just been like a fake rock star i mean and these are fake rock stars but they're not fake enough mm-hmm. so you're constantly yeah, looking exactly. for like breadcrumbs back to david bowie and iggy pop you're constantly being like oh i think you're this and i think this is this and I wonder right. if this really happened and ultimately like even though that's like really fun for me the Ewan parts like a movie that does that really well I feel like was Vox Lux because like obviously whatever kind of rock star that Portman character is supposed to be is like in reference to real life pop stars but it, it does feel like entirely of the movie in a right. way she's that an this avatar. one never really got yeah. to yeah 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 exactly yeah yeah, yeah. no I, I think that like watching it I, I admired obviously like like how well he captures that era and obviously he's really he's he's obviously has like a great fucking eye for just like the production design and the costumes and the look and feel of it but I to me like the most interesting part of it was the Christian Bale parts and him kind of mm-hmm. coming into his own and, and being able to accept his own sexuality through this music I found to be like the most interesting part because it felt the most personal maybe to Todd Haynes yeah. in a yeah. way where it was just like yeah. and also I think just like just how exciting it is to discover music like that when you're younger and I it made me just kind of like realize like how hard it is probably to like not even hard but like it's just like it's a different way of discovering music now and like even when we were kids it was still like you could still like have to like hunt something down and get excited about it and I thought that was really cool and I thought like the way that it's 
showed Christian Bale's character being able to accept himself and, and being able to feel comfortable with himself, especially with his family and things like that. I don't know. I, that to me, like almost felt the most interesting because it was more like autobiographical yeah. and not like he's trying to, you know, invoke like Bowie and all these different things. And and to me, like that was really fascinating. And I know the movie's kind of endured because it's found a cult audience with younger people. Yeah. I think probably how you watched it when you were younger, Kay. And like, you know, Todd Haynes talked about how a lot of just like a lot of millennials in general, like had talked about the movie and given it, had given it a second life through discovering it. And a lot of like younger queer kids, I think probably really like through discovering it you know, the way that you would discover something kind of obscure, like maybe felt like a little closer to it. Absolutely. That scene where Christian Bale is like watching TV and he's watching Brian Slade do a press junket interview, mm-hmm. which I think is like, I, I like the rock star stuff a lot. Like I love the movie when it is about like the work of being a rock star and like how period mm-hmm. the media is on their sexual orientations. But that moment where like Bowie or sorry, Christian Bale is watching like the fake Bowie character and he is so sweet and he's just like pointing at the TV and he's going like, dad, that's me. That's me. That's how I am. Like that is just so sweet. Yeah. And there's, there's not a ton of it in the movie, but I kind of like, because as he grows up, that character just becomes a lot more introverted like one of the mm-hmm. weirdest funny things like up at the top of the movie is when his boss asks him to do this retrospective of whatever happened to Brian, Brian Slade 10 years after his public mishap <laughs> Christian's Bale character goes is it because I'm British <laughs> his boss is like no it's because you were there it's like, right. I was like that is such a weird moment to me <laughs> like so bizarre and also just the idea that like that was only 10 years ago like 10 years because when I was 17 and I first watched this movie like yeah 10 years like I was seven years years old now 10 years feels like nothing and just to see some characters like faded to obscurity and like other characters just like become i don't know christian bale's character definitely just becomes more of an introvert you realize that like oh 10 years really isn't that long well, he also time. has to like kind of yeah incorporate himself into mainstream culture because it's mm-hmm. like he looks a lot more conservative and i like like the fake music videos with like the powdered wigs you know like there, there's oh so my much God, cool i love shit in i here. love yes yeah yeah it's because so also fun. like the peculiar thing about this movie is that it's like the 1990s doing the 1970s but the 1970s at the time really loved the 1940s and also this weird renaissance shit so you're seeing like this like shaken up time capsule in a way that like I really loved watching this movie today because it's just like it's just it's just everything snow globed under a director that you can tell like does have an extreme amount of like control and style I just don't really love like the final plot point I'm Brian why the makeup? Why? Because rock and roll is a prostitute. It should be tarted up, performed. The music is the mask, while I am my chiffon and taff. Well, part of the message. Yeah. What about your fans? Aren't they likely to get the, uh, the wrong impression? And which wrong impression is that? Well, you're a blinking fruit. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, sir, and no. It doesn't concern me in the least. I should think that if people were to get the wrong impression of me, the one to which you so eloquently referred. It wouldn't be the wrong impression in the slightest. That is me! That's me! That, that, that's me! I mean, everybody knows most people are bisexual. I definitely, I mean, there was there was definitely a lot of like self-recognition when I watched it mm-hmm. as like a young person where I was just like, oh my God, like, yes. Like I, like people like people, 
peacocking around and like doing the fashion like the fashion in this movie is like so iconic so good, so good. i mean also it's, i think it's the only funny. thing that it was awarded for was sandy powell's who's like become a huge costume designer oh. who does like a lot of scorsese oh, movies right. she was the only one who mm-hmm. got an oscar nomination for this and then she won the bafta but i think yeah she was the one who was like consistently recognized because the movie was released like in the fall of 98 so it was i think positioned to be like an awards movie Oh, wow. Right. And I mean, then just yeah. kind of fell off. Yeah. Even Tony Collette. I mean, Tony Collette is just a treasure. She's like she's, she's great, yeah. so great. She's amazing in this movie. She mm-hmm. has a couple great costumes too, even though I think that she's probably like the third person that the movie like cares about, but she's able to give that person so much heart. But there's like this scene where they're at like a bar and she's like dressed up and that scene is so great. The costume is so great. The set decor is so great that you can like sense how that smelled like, like it made me nostalgic for when I was younger and going to like crowded, dirtier bars, mm-hmm. but getting more dressed up than I've ever been now. Yeah. Because now I'm just kind of yeah. like, I go to like nicer places, but I look worse. Like I miss, <laughs> I miss being in my early 20s where I would like get really dolled up and then go to like a disgusting place that smelled like well vodka. And I don't even, it's like sweat. And like cleaning, like a combination yes. of piss and cleaning supplies. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you it's just like, <laughs> it was so evocative. I think she, yeah, she's wearing like, I don't know, like a kind of a bobbed wig. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. She's great. There's so many her things wigs are amazing. She, she's fucking yeah. incredible in this. Like doing during like that, it's like a interview. So Christian Bale finally tracks down Tony Collette's character, who is Brian Slade's wife, who I think is like such an interesting character in this mo- movie. Like because like she doesn't like she supports him throughout the whole thing. She's right. sort of like in the background, but because it's Tony Collette, I think that you walk away really remembering her. And that my, scene where he's like interviewing her, and then it's like going in and out of time is I think done really really well. It's, it's just this movie is such a kaleidoscope of things that some of the strongest points sometimes I think like get lost by like just how fast it's moving. Well, I was going to say like one of the things that I really loved about her performance is this way that she's like sort of a tertiary character to some degree, but she's also kind of a tertiary character like in his life. And it ends up being one of these like sort of emotionally evocative things to me. Like even though she is sort of on the sideline, it's like that is what is emotional about her like you get the sense from her performance that she wants more of the spotlight than she's getting and there's like this I don't know I I really I I love her in this movie I love her it's almost and I mean almost famous comes out what a year or two later it's Mm -hmm. almost as Mm -hmm. if the Penny Lane character like the charismatic hot girl is in the in the in the background instead of the foreground right and she's like fighting to get the spotlight right even though she's not like I'm using air quotes like an artist in the way that like the other people are and I mean, compared to something like Almost Famous, which I still really enjoy, if I'm honest, like I'm pretty nostalgic about that movie. Like this movie gets to be just like so much more weird and decides to like actually say something and have a perspective and an opinion where Almost right. Famous feels like nostalgia porn for our parents. And, I, and listen, right. I, sure. like that I haven't seen Almost fun. Famous in a long time, but yeah. Um. Philip Seymour Hoffman's great in it, of course. Feruza Bulk yes, is yes. great in it. Well, like, yeah. those are probably my two for, favorite performances from that. Hoffman's great. Uh, I mean, Billy I haven't Crude seen really it since good. it was like showing on VH1 all the time. Remember when it was yeah. like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think Tony Collette's always really great, and she's like a great scene stealer, like early in her career. I feel like the character's given, like, yeah, she's given like a little bit more than what would uh, the wife character would normally 
normally get in a movie oh, like sure. this. And, right. and, and I think that's also partly that's half Haynes and half Tony Collette. But also I think that's the thing with the movie is that like what's weird about Todd Haynes trying to is kind of like you said, like sprinkle in these like Easter eggs that kind of like allude to like Bowie or Lou Reed or Iggy Pop um, and Oscar Wilde. Like there's just so much going on, but it yeah. still somehow takes on the form of a pretty standard biopic at times. And that's where the movie gets a little boring to me right. where it's just like you don't really need yeah. to do this because this isn't real. So it's funny. It just shows you, I think, the trappings of that genre where it's just like you can't help but hit the same kind of familiar beats over and over again, no matter what you do. There's mm. almost like a spinal tappy element to certain yeah. parts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like <laughs> also think that McGregor is like, even though you're right, Max, like his accent is not on point. But I think that he's <laughs> I mean, you more and game never been to be able to hammy. Do it, but <laughs> Yeah, but whereas like for like, some reason, I, I feel like Scottish so, actors in particular, have it's a like hard too time. hard. Yeah, to break. yeah. yeah. some just can't do it. Listen, Michael Caine's never tried. Not that he's Scottish, but he's English. Michael Caine's just like fuck it. I'm not gonna do right. it. I'm just gonna be Michael Caine. I'm yeah, like, you either have to take it or leave it. <laughs> um, that's true. That's true. Or, like, yeah. McGregor doesn't ever seem American, but I it also took me an hour to realize he was so American. much like that he was supposed star. to be. Yeah, yeah. I had like, no. But clue. McGregor feels like a rock star. It feels like McGregor could have just. To be he's, a, he a is good. Instead. I just wish they would have just made him British. It was just or something. I was just like, I but don't think this guy. I think be. that Haynes is too attached to like the source material, and I For think sure. that the source material needs Iggy Pop to be to come from like this downtrodden yes. like, American. Yeah, yeah. Like right. that story, realize... it, it is important and it is interesting that Pop is American. No, for sure. I think it's just like, once again, it's just like, yeah, you and McGuire's good, but like somebody could have played that character who could have done an American accent. I mean, fucking Christian Bale. Mm, I don't Christian want Bale's McGregor accent. out of this movie. He's one of my favorite parts. Like when he's on methadone at lunch. I think he's he, good. I just, yeah, I just don't. He's so I think charismatic. To me, but I think to me, it's just like at the end of the day, if you're directing something and you're like, okay, this guy has to be American and he has to represent this very American type of rock star yeah. at that time, I'm just like, well, then you have to be able to do a fucking just like impeccable American yeah. accent. You have to be able to pull that off. And Ewan McGregor's just not, you know, I mean, even Jude Law, I think is like, does a better American accent, but he's still you can tell. It's him true. and yeah, like it, he ends up doing almost like a New York accent and that's yeah. fine. Like that's right, kind of right. what he has to do, but like the like continental East coast thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like Ewan McGregor is fun. Like I actually really liked him in Birds of Prey. It's totally kind of fun. It's you yeah, and Ewan yeah. McGregor Gregor's really campy in it. Like he's having a good time. And like, I love, yeah, I love, like, I agree with you that he should have like, <laughs> but because Jonathan Reese Myers gives a very like howdy enigmatic rock star performance that you need the other person. You need the Iggy pop stand in to be a firecracker. And like Ian McGregor just is like that scene where Jonathan Reese Myers, like performs fellatio on uh, Iggy pops guitar or like the fake Iggy pops guitar mm -hmm. is incredible. There's just like so many moments with the Iggy pop stand in that you, you do feel that sense of like excitement, wildness that you get from like certain rock stars, like, like, like a Kurt Cobain. Yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. Like you, you, he has that special something that I think is really rare. And I think it's really rare for an actor to like become that. Like as much as I like Fox Lux, I don't know if I think that Natalie Portman's character or or maybe that character doesn't have it anyway, like has that crazy thing. But I think that Elizabeth Elizabeth Moss in her smell does. They have for that sure, like yeah. insane mm -hmm. energy. Oh my God, that, that movie's amazing. I yeah. love that movie. That you're captivated by, even though that you realize that like being near it puts you slightly more in danger. Yes. And Ian McGregor does have that here. Yeah, absolutely. So. I, I mean, I think it comes back again, like just to, I think Todd Haynes being 
too married to the the narrative yeah like the narrative material that he's trying to work with and i think if you think of it as just, like as far as like mainstream efforts or like more like you know actually like mainstream like studio backed efforts or whatever i guess you can think of this as his sophomore movie because poison is just so wild and such a like a kind of like weird mm-hmm. underground movie so it does kind of have that sophomore i feel like effort where it's just like i'm gonna fucking throw everything at the wall yeah and like yeah. and i admire i always admire that so like it's it's you know i i'd much rather see that than you know something obviously much more boring what jerry's trying to say is do you want to come to london to cut a record oh yeah cool very good but but how can we help you you must tell us what do you need everything see harold my main man uh, but now I'm on the methadone and I'm getting my act together. And you come here and say you want to help. And I say, hey, far out. <laughs> you could be my main man. Satellite of love. I don't think Jonathan Reese Myers is good in this. And I think he kind of like slows the movie I down. I think he for looks me. the He's a little vacant. He's pretty. No, he looks the part. I just don't think he has the magnetism that you need to make that character fascinating. And he's just, I've never been like, Because Bowie was fascinating. Yeah, like he just doesn't have that that spark. He doesn't have that thing. He's Um, not a rock star. Or if he's a rock star, he's an emo rock star. Like I would believe him if he was in the biopic of Dashboard Confessional. I don't Mm -hmm. believe him. I hope they make that. Like honestly, my hot take is (laughs) I don't give a fuck. Like I think Christian Bale could have been I think he could have played either either one of them, yeah. he could have played every part like that fucking I mean Bill yeah, yeah he's but he can wear makeup like he would look great in that problematic face very, like yeah, yeah. He's, very no, he's great. bird-like features. Jonathan Reese Myers just looks great in makeup and can snarl at a camera. Like he gets like the insidious nature of like wanting stardom, right? But then like the actual mm-hmm. performances, I don't buy. Right. I do like the line yeah. that maybe David Bowie just said, where an interviewer says, "Why the makeup?" and Jonathan Reese Myers' character says, um, "It's because rock and roll's a prostitute." Right, some, needs like, to be tarted up or something. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. It may, I mean, it really makes you like nostalgic for a time where i don't know rock stars had to like sit down and have this kind of interview now they just get to do it on their own in tiktok and then they get called out in other ways but like this it feels so like confrontational and incredible like the press junket yeah yeah Yeah. like i was like oh this is kind of fucking cool like when john lennon used to just like another problematic fave used to just like troll the press like that doesn't happen anymore in the same way because it lets like because like because part and parcel like that also is part of what makes the rock star persona is like being over the top, like getting kicked yeah. out of a Saturday Night Live, like Elvis Costello does, like pushing those buttons, and those buttons are like pushed in a half measure now because they're just like a phone button. So I love, I loved that scene, and I like Jonathan Reese Myers in that scene. But I agree, I think that the costumes wear him a little bit. Right, totally. Yeah, I feel like totally. if anyone's miscast in that movie, it's probably him. I, I just honestly can't even remember another Jonathan Reese Myers performance outside of Match Point where he's just like, he's fine. I just remember my, I mean, also because like there's a couple scenes in here where you're supposed to think like, oh my God, Brian Slade is such a talent that now we want to sign mm-hmm. him. And now the, yeah. and it's just like, I never feel like that for him. I think that yeah. he's yeah. very attractive. Like he'd be 
a really fun like house party show. He's a little he too pretty for it too, almost because like the you know he should be kind of like I said like magnetic and 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 beautiful in his right. way, but like just not Jonathan Reese Myers pretty. Uh, Jonathan Reese Myers is like Calvin Klein pretty to me. He's not like fucking enigmatic like rock star pretty. He's just I like mean going back pretty. to the source material like David Bowie is not like conventionally attractive yeah, in like the same way. Weird yeah, I mean very, he's yeah. he's just like but he's so interesting to look at like it's like yeah. he's, in, he's interesting whereas i feel like you know jonathan reese myers he he just kind of like occupies the space of glamour in this way that is like convincing to some degree but aside right. from that there's not like there's no like vibration like it's not like happening right 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 i also didn't know like a lot of the stuff because i'm not as familiar with that era like i you know know like basic stuff but i i didn't know that david bowie and lou reed apparently had an affair and that was yeah they I made out on stage yeah i didn't know a lot about that and i didn't know that lou reed underwent electroshock therapy when he was a teenager yeah, yeah his parents well, also mm-hmm. wasn't it so like that scene where because they kind of use iggy pop to be a blend between reed and pop but i think probably because like Iggy Pop is like a funner performer to watch. Like mm-hmm. Reed was notoriously sullen in a way that like he would play right. sometimes an entire show with his back to the audience. Um, he was just, a, he was like one what of the original trolls. I know he's a little <laughs> troll, but I love it. I love it. I love Lee Reed. Um, but so that scene where Slade is trying to convince Kurt, the Kurt character to let him to produce that album, that's Transformer. That does have a lot of references to like queer culture, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But I think what was peculiar for me because I did get into, like I did go through a really big Velvet Underground, Lou Reed, David, less so David Bowie, actually, like Brian Eno Roxy music phase right. was, I think it was, it's really peculiar. Like if you like that music for all the songs that really hit, they're all Brian Eno songs. They're, you know, there's not, so you're like, oh, mm-hmm. this movie is paying homage to fucking David Bowie and we don't get to hear like Waiting for the Man. You know, like, <laughs> you know, that's yeah. in the almost famous Whoa, soundtrack. Like, yeah. It just, it's, it's, it's bizarre to be like, okay, cool. Like, and listen, here come the warm, it plays this movie plays i would say like some of the best brian you know songs like when he's still in the glam mm-hmm. i think it's like here comes the warm jets is i think what that record's called and it mm-hmm. plays like three or four of the big songs in there and those songs are just like catchy as fuck they'd be they're super fucking good but it is bizarre to see slade like strutting to those when you know that he's like a ziggy stardust kind i mean of. i just, can't even it's weird but once again i think it's just one of those things where it's just like last minute some shit fell through the yeah. thing fell yeah, through exactly. and like you gotta do what you gotta do like it's a tough thing and i commend i mean at least brian you know said yes you know no yeah and i like i commend todd haynes for being able to be like okay like let's roll with it like uh, sure a lot of this no matter what is gonna evoke david bowie and like it's impossible to get around that like what they probably already had so much prepped for this so it's just kind of like okay we're gonna make it work and like that's kind of what you have to do and i think like he does a really good job of keeping it together as as best as he can and like it also made me just kind of not that you know uh, not that it probably would have still been a good movie just because the rest of the band was still so heavily involved but i'm sure that that todd haynes could have made a better bohemian rhapsody than uh whatever the fuck it is that we got two years oh ago. my god but like does he have affection for queen you i have know? no idea no i'm just saying I think, like i think the way yeah. that he's able to well especially with with betraying the the queerness of, of freddie mercury yeah i mean that was <laughs> such a train wreck in so many ways i was so upset 
I didn't like refuse to watch. Them. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Like I, it, it's absolutely horrible. And I think it's almost rotten. And I don't know if I would ever be able to sit through it again. Yeah. It's 60%. Yeah. But yeah, I think. It, that, so I never saw it. So it's that bad. Everyone it's hates horrible. it. So oh, it's horrible. I've never. I mean, giving Rami Malek an Oscar would be like giving Jonathan Reese Myers an Oscar for this. Like it's the same Whoa. kind of just like doesn't register as anything. But the original Wait, he, idea. He was nominated, right? Who? He won. He won. Yeah, Rami Malek yeah. won Best Actor. Stop it! No, he Rami Malek. Stop it right now. He beat he beat Bradley Cooper, who learned how to sing and do all the shit while directing A Star Is Born, <laughs> and then Rami Malek lip sync wow. Freddie Mercury and wins an Oscar with fake teeth. And he That's beat Christian absurd. Bale. Yeah, he beat Christian Bale as as uh, Dick Cheney. I think yeah. I blocked that out. Honestly, I think a lot of people. I was just mad Cooper about. I was win. just so mad about the fact that they like basically made him straight. Uh, I, I For sure, like, yeah. And then the scene <laughs> like, where he does go to a gay bar actually looks like one of the scenes in Cruising, where it's just like a horror movie all of a sudden. It's just like he goes to this like leather clad bar. Yeah, it's just yeah. like the score gets really like fucking sinister. And the whole thing is basically like the band saved him, and are basically like you can't be gay so that we can be a band. And he's like, thank you. Thank you. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a crazy Who directed that movie. It makes me oh, so Brian mad. Singer. Brian oh yeah. Singer. No. And then it's also like he, yeah. <laughs> oh, crazy. Yeah. I mean, wow. what a trip <laughs> that is. What is it? I think yeah. that the Oscars need to like embarrass themselves in like a really big mm-hmm. way. Every in a big way. That was a yeah, huge, yeah. I mean, that was the green book and Bohemian and Rami Malek winning in the same year. Yeah. I think that that's part of the, oh, the boy. joy Oof. around the Oscars is like just how much they fuck up. Like, Some people were trying yeah, to say yeah. green book was the most embarrassing part that year and i was like green book's not even that horrible of a movie it's just what it's trying it's to just do bad, it's just yeah. really stupid and dated and yeah, weird it's but like, like it I was feels like, this, like it's feels like it was made in the 90s it's like yeah it's, it was like yeah. this isn't like a bad movie i'm just like i just just like do we need to award this movie <laughs> why has no one made an nxs biopic i think that would be so wild oh my god just putting that out there i want to put that into the ether into the energy that I would love an NXS biopic, please. I mean, I'm, love... I'm still rooting for The Rock Hudson. I'm like stuck on oh, this. Yeah. I, I need this movie to be made. Who would it be? Who would it be? I mean, we already decided Todd Haynes is too direct, but like who would Rock, Rock be? Like, so John Hamm is too old. So I also, I feel like John Hamm gives me more Burt Lancaster vibes from that Erica era, mm-hmm. era mm-hmm. than He's Rock almost Hudson. a little bit too much of a muscle queen. Yeah, like um, I think the John, obvious John choice would be <laughs> who is that actor from like like maybe I'm one of the think of like a young Superman. gay actor. I'm trying to think of like a, a queer actor who could potentially do it, and I'm coming up blank. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Actually, okay. maybe that's why it hasn't been made because it seems really difficult to cast. I don't. And know. then we yeah. need to have a Doris Day stand in too if it's Rock Hudson, and I think that we can ask Reese to do that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who are like, there's not really many like leading men that are like out or like queer leading men that have been able to actually work successfully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Who's the one that I always confuse with Alexander Skarsgård? Yeah, difficult to cast, actually. I want it bad. I know, I want it bad, too. But yeah, I mean, I think this movie is really, like, like I said, like, I wish I could have watched it twice because it's something that I would like to mm-hmm. revisit for sure. Because, yeah, like, even safe. Zach Quinto's really... not hot enough, right? Sorry. Zachary Quinto. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I feel like he, 
he because he I does mean, feel like old time he's really stepped in it now but, um, wait what did like, he do he I can't he was like up. really excited he was excited about cops at pride he he, he oh, made this video I about not like, know like that. something about like welcome welcome cops at pride. oh You're god like, I, did, um, I did not pride was literally all uh, like it began as a protest against cops yeah i did like, not know he what is that. wrong with you i mean it seems like that's insane i think i was sense. gonna say i was gonna say matt bomber was gonna be oh right. matt bomber yeah yeah, yeah. Bomber. Um, oh who's that the guy who's in magic mike he's on that show white collar oh, oh yes so oh, i would no, actually, no, actually i don't i don't know how wait, good he is Danny tatum would actually be kind no, of an iconic no, no? Too, big. Okay. too big all right that's true that's true he'd have to slim down he's like, he's what? Big, well he's just he's just a huge like he's kind of distracting like muscle, muscle mass yeah yeah he's just a distracting presence like i i don't know if he could sink into that role yeah matt bomer is, is going to be my i think they I'm should just throw, they should get uh they should just go full opposite just get mark Wahlberg to play him I think I'm gay. Oh my god, <laughs> so problematic! What a, what a guy. He would too. He would take the role. Also, I would like love he would be like, his yeah, new movie absolutely. is about his new movie is called Joe Bell, and it's about him traveling the country to stop people from bullying his gay kid. Yeah. Well, I think the other question too is if this Rock Hudson docu or documentary, uh, <laughs> if it's um, if this biopic is um, a TV thing or not. Well, if it's if it's like about his later in life experiences, like mm-hmm. if it's. About about like his his you know the AIDS crisis because then I think you then John Ham then you could John have John Ham um, oh, but I think that like if you make it about that it's a little like trauma y like I kind of want it to be about yeah, yeah, the top yeah. of his life when Just he's being, posited like, and and, mm-hmm. and has to embody what it is to be like the quote unquote American like he's a heartthrob he's like right, a heterosexual yeah. heartthrob yeah. for people and same with Doris Day like largely people can I think Doris Day was also gay wait and, really Mm-hmm. There's a oh lot God, so of hot. rhetoric around that. like she's she was also gay, and I think that's like so, like why they could they perform well mm-hmm. with one another. Oh my God, uh, they, they be with like each com- other. Yeah. And so I think that would be, maybe it's like a Foss Verdon type thing with Rock Hudson and Doris Day. We get mm, I love in that. There. At that point, maybe it's queer a, joy. Yeah. No, and I don't want it to, I mean, everyone knows what happened to Rock Hudson, but no yeah. one knows how he was when he was like at the top of his game in his own time. That's true. Really. I really, I like So that. I don't, I don't want it to be suffering. So at that point, yeah. it's Matt whatever matt bomer if he fucking mm-hmm. i just don't is matt bomer like not that he's a bad good? actor I don't but know. i'm just like i don't know how good he is he's good in like I magic know. mike but yeah he's right in magic mike i don't know and then like doris day can be fucking like Dor- doris day is easy to cast there's so many great beautiful actresses right. that are like hitting 40 right now like michelle williams or there's so mm-hmm. many oh my god yeah it's, it's like too easy to cast that part like in the like i would almost want someone to surprise me and do something wild but yeah oh we should address the fact that i mean this kind of was made to be like queer citizen kane oh right that was like oh yes yeah well and also i feel like we have to talk we haven't talked about like the oscar wilde stuff at all yeah right a lot of the dialogue is direct oscar wilde quotes yeah yes 
but like the mask, um, I can't remember the exact quote, but it's like, you know, your, your truest self when you're wearing a mask or whatever, right. it's something along those lines. Yeah. Um, it doesn't yeah. return to that because I think that one of the reasons what makes it forgettable. And I actually think that like the gestures to both Oscar Wilde and admitting mm-hmm. and like acknowledging that like Luther Richard did this sort of in between like drag slash sex symbol thing first and not necessarily better, but he mm-hmm. also did it. It just isn't threaded throughout the movie. So by the time that we get to yeah. the end, which I think is a little yeah. bit of like a want wah we, ha- we have forgotten about the Oscar Wilde stuff, right. I think is a cool start to the movie. Yeah, but, I thought yeah. it was like a really, I kind of forgot that that was an element of it. And that I feel like, I mean, I, I know, I feel like the Citizen Kane stuff, especially like some of it doesn't really work very well, but at the same time, like I love the moment when, like I love how the movie opens with the, yeah, with I love the, the opening. baby, uh, with baby Oscar Wilde being left on a doorstep. He's like, he's yeah. literally an alien. Like yeah. it's, yeah, yeah. Being yeah. dropped into this being dropped into this world and you kind of think about i mean I, I guess it's like kind of harkens to the way that david bowie is sort of thought of you know like right. when he died he he just went home back to yeah. his planet but it um, is like a great yeah. gesture towards like not only like that but also just like the kind of person that wants to be this kind of celebrity mm-hmm. because that's not yeah. everyone not everyone but like a lot of people like want recognition like i want recognition and friends but like to aspire mm-hmm. to be this almost sort of like it's like it's cumbersome, like like right. star to to be an idol. I mean, like yeah, to, yeah, like a yeah. truly like a pop idol yeah. is a bizarre personality, mm-hmm. and I wish that the movie interrogated that a little more because, like, I think that that ending, as wonky as it is, could yeah. be stronger if it was about this person that wanted to retreat from the spotlight but just couldn't resist and came yeah. back in secret. Yes, and I think that's maybe what they're suggesting, but yeah, I think it is absolutely, and it's like it's I think that's where a lot of the strength of like, I mean, especially the opening stuff, which, yeah, I, I, I think that, I think that that's, it, it does get lost with the, yeah again, with the, with the freaking the, yeah, there's, there's yeah, just, there's just a there's lot plot, going plot on. issues that get in the way of a lot of the strengths <laughs> of this movie. Because the, this yeah. movie is pretty short feeling too. And there's like, mm-hmm. there's like a mini series worth of plot in this yeah. like what two hour long movie. Yeah. But again, I'd rather it be too much than too little. Like, Oh yeah. yeah. Totally. No, I, 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 have, I, I mean, I have fun every time I see this movie and I've seen it like, yeah, I've seen it like two or three times and it's, it's yeah, it's always fun. In the resurgence of putting everything on fucking Broadway. I think that this <gasps> is a property. Oh. Yeah. So that's God, another, these genius I'm, ideas. I'm trying today, to manifest buddy. ideas today. That's a, this is actually one that I think could be better on Broadway than like the, oh, yeah. That's all. That's They're all. gonna get that yeah. guy Ben Platt to play him though. Oh fuck you! <laughs> because also the fake assassination scene could be so fucking cool. Oh, it'd be like, so that would be cool. It'd be so fucking cool. Yeah. So that's that all. Really that's good. all. I'm good. Yeah. I'm done. Oh I just want God. Todd to know that I'm thinking about him. <laughs> because you know what? You're right, you. Kay. Carol's a movie that is so watchable. Like when I am just mm. feeling sad, I will do like a cooking project and just watch Carol again. And again, Carol's I literally just rewatched it with my roommate like last week before, like right it's before beautiful. I left. Fall. I mean, that's a movie too yeah. that I, and I feel like it's like anytime he tries to like appeal to like the Oscars with like, whether it's Carol or far from heaven, which are both still great fucking movies, but like mm-hmm. his best appeal at them, he still doesn't get recognized for it. 
like the actors mm-hmm. do, but he doesn't. The actresses do. Yeah. yeah. His last And obviously, movies, they're amazing. They're incredible. Um, you know, Rooney Mara yeah. is actually yeah. really low-key great in it, too. I was going like, to say, Rooney yeah, Mara is really the, good. Yeah, she and Kyle, even it. Kyle Chandler is really good in it as, as Harge. Mm-hmm. Harge. Yeah. Harge. Harge. Oh, yeah, that's no, another I, uh, potential Kyle older life Hudson. Yeah. Love you Kyle Chandler. You thought of it, too? Same Kyle time? Kyle Chandler, yeah. Yeah, his last couple movies, Wonderstruck, I... I that's probably my least favorite, even though it has really cool stuff in it. It just is like not for me. It's kind of like a kid's movie for him. Mm-hmm. And then Dark Waters is probably the only movie he's made where I would have absolutely no idea that Todd Haynes made it. Like, unless you told mm-hmm. me. And on paper, like I should like that movie because it's like about a lawyer taking down like a corrupt. It's like one of those old school. Like, it has Mark of, in it. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's like Ruffalo. a Michael Clayton type. Yeah, exactly. Like taking down a corrupt corporation. And I don't know. It just like doesn't come together for some reason. It's really weird, but I maybe I'll revisit and I'll like it. No, I mean, Todd Haynes is always somebody that's like exciting to see what they do. And I think his next movie is with, it's Natalie Portman and Kate Blanchett, I think. Ooh. Doing what, you know? Yeah. I can't remember. And then he's doing, well, he has a Velvet Underground documentary coming out, I think oh, this okay. year, but his new one. Oh no, it's, sorry. Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore, his other favorite. Okay. It's called May, December. It is a fecal, a fecal, a fecal matter. No, it is a whoa, fecal, whoa. It is a female psychodrama. Oh, uh, this is great. Twenty years after their notorious tabloid romance, uh, grip the nation. Gracie Atherton, you and her husband Joe, twenty-three years her junior, uh, brace themselves for their twins to graduate from high school. When Hollywood actress Elizabeth Berry comes to spend time with the family to better understand Gracie, who she will be playing in the film, family dynamics unravel under the pressure of the outside gaze. Joe, never having processed what happened in his youth, starts to confront the reality of life as an empty nester at thirty-six. I'm sorry, this sounds good because it yeah, sounds I'm, almost I'm like this movie where it's like someone doing research but a little like trashy in the right way mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah yeah we love we love a tabloid trauma yes Ooh, yeah no i'm tabloid gonna say me december drama. i have my eyes on you <laughs> yeah excited for that it's just funny because uh i was trying to contact you actually about a story i was doing about an old friend of yours brian slade trying to find out what actually happened to him. Look, I mean, before he became such a mystery. Look, man, I don't know who you've been talking to or what you're after here, but... What? Listen, real artist creates beautiful things and puts nothing of his own life into them, okay? Is that what you did? No. We set out to change the world. Ended up just changing ourselves. What's wrong with that? If you don't look at the world. Well, jumping into critics. So once again, 58%, but it has an audience score of 80%. Neil Jeffries of Empire said on paper, fine. On celluloid, a Rocky horror show of nightmarish proportions. <laughs> nightmarish? <laughs> I don't know about that. Jeez. <laughs> I'm surprised Roger Ebert didn't go to bad for this. He gave it a mixed review. It wasn't like a horrible pan or anything, okay. but he said in Velvet Goldmine, there is the sense that the film's arms were spread too wide, gathered in all of the possible approaches to the material and couldn't decide on just one. It wants to be a movie in yeah. search of a truth, but it's more like a movie in search of itself. I mean, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. I that's, that's yeah, point. I feel like that's Fine. accurate. 
Ernest Hardy of LA Weekly said, writer-director Todd Haynes still makes movies like a first-time filmmaker afraid he won't get another chance. He cramps every idea, every image ever dreamed on screen. Also true. Also kind of And I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean... Yeah, me either. I don't think it's like because he's scared he won't get a chance. I just think he's like... He's trying to make a masterpiece. Like, and you don't... Mm -hmm. I feel like... Also, I do think... Oh, I mean, at the same time, too, I think like as far as like being like a queer director at that time, too, like and getting, you know, lucky with safe. Like, in a way, he probably is like, well, let's see what happens here. Like, I don't, it's hard yeah. to know how many more, but I don't think he's get. scared that he's running out of ideas. Like, no, 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 no for sure. I don't okay. think it's the idea thing. I think, I think it's like the PTA, like Magnolia thing, where it's just like, I'm just going to give you everything that's on my mind right now. And right. Like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of directors mm-hmm. do that. Like this one, Paul Tatar of CNN just said, I'm telling you, I was bored stiff. I'm going to be bored truth. watching this. Movie. I was going to say, like, <laughs> you can have a lot of feelings about this movie, but like, boredom isn't one. Like, I agree with yeah. Max. Like, it was a movie that I almost watched a second time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if you saw it in a theater. Like, I can't imagine being bored by this so entertaining a lot of mixed reviews jonathan rosenbaum of the chicago reader said conceptual to a fault writer director todd haynes realizes one of his oldest and most cherished projects a celebration of the glam rock era and the bisexuality it turned into an opulent circus with wit glitter and energy but with such a scant sense of character or period that it leaves one feeling relatively empty as soon as it's over Mm, 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 mm. but then some people really did like it at the okay. new york times yeah, it got two positive reviews uh one from janet maslin who reviewed it out of the new york film festival uh calling it a dazzlingly surreal rock version of citizen kane with an extraterrestrial rosebud brilliantly reimagines the glam rock 70s as a brave new world of electrifying theatricality and sexual possibility to the point where identifying precise figures in this neo-psychedelic landscape is almost beside the point velvet goldmine tells a story the way operas do blazing with exquisite yet absolute abstract passions and with quite a lot to look at on the side. So a lot of people didn't did go to bat for it. And I do think this probably would definitely be fresh today if it came out. Yeah. But again, um, like the music biopics from like our era, like we're going to, we're someday going to have to watch like a green day by it. Like it's going to be so less no, and so no, much less pretty. No, don't say it's that. It's not going to be cute. It's not going to be cute. Oh man. So who, someone, who do you, you know what should I play want? Stephen I Jenkins? I want like a Backstreet Boys. I want a Backstreet yes. Boys. Someone one. should just make one like about the boy bands in the 90s. And stuff. Yes. Especially with that guy. Yeah, who was the man? Carter would be fun. Who was that oh, fat Lou. guy? Oh, the, the Swede. Right? Yeah, Lou. Like, no, no, uh, no, no. You're no, thinking no, Max no. Martin is just like oh, the, the producer. producer. Not the producer. But his yeah, name yeah. was like Lou. Lou something. Yeah, the guy who was clearly like a pedophile. Um, yeah. Yikes. And I think he's in jail for that. And he like produced. <laughs> is he really? Both. Lou Pearlman. So. Yeah, there you go. Lou Pearlman. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah I think just like about middle. 90s pop would be really interesting. I think just most importantly, we need a biopic on something corporate. I think that's what we all need. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Running away screaming. <laughs> oh, Lou Pearlman died in prison in 2016 at the age of 62 oh. Oh, um, as he served a 25 year sec- uh, sentence for a, for basically a Ponzi scheme. Oh, crazy. Wins. So not yeah. even as a sex offender. Interesting. He got yeah. me for the Ponzi um, And I will say during <laughs> uh, that little talk, I did enough. I did a slight more research. Todd Haynes is directing a biopic, but one, um, the woman who sang the song. That's right. Fever, yeah. And that Ooh, is it Peggy Lee? Michelle line? Williams? No, wait. Yes, Peggy uh, Lee. Sorry, Peggy Lee. Yeah, line. Peggy Lee. Yeah. And that oh will my be God. Sorry, so Michelle Williams. Sad. So oh maybe God, we're inching our so way good. closer. Yeah, maybe we're inching our way closer to the Rock Cuts and miniseries that we <laughs> we're getting deserve. There. We're getting there. I do love that Tony Collette was cast. She was the last person cast in this movie. And I guess like there was a lot of actresses up for the part. And she was like begging for the part. And she, I guess, faxed. Cute. 
she faxed Todd Haynes a big note that just said, I am Mandy Slade. And uh, Haynes saw this as exactly the kind of thing the character Mandy would do. And I guess Ewan McGregor did, he sang all of his own songs in the movie. And Jonathan Reese Myers did some, but do you know who dubbed over him? I did. I looked this up. It was Tom York. Yeah. Oh, Sorry, crazy. Oh. <laughs> um, also, apparently, Courtney Love considered supplying music for the movie, but then she withdrew because she saw a rough cut and she thought that Kurt Wilde was supposed to be Kurt Cobain, which is just oh, kind of yeah, like it's the hair. Because the it. name and the yeah. hair. I mean, I will say some of his presence I mean, did remind me of Kurt Cobain. Yeah. But it's but, probably because Iggy Pop is such a icon that. You know what I mean? Like you borrow yeah, like from where, people. Where does the, yeah, it's like, it's derivative of derivative of. But yeah. I don't know. Like yeah. I feel bad um, for Courtney. Sometimes it's like she has, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if it reminded her of her at that point, pretty recently deceased husband and like the material mm-hmm. felt like upsetting for her to revisit. Like, I don't know. I get that. But listen, yeah. I murdered my Make husband Larry a couple instead. years ago. I can't do this. I don't, no, I, I don't know. I'm not going to buy into that. I don't know. I really don't want to. And again, remember, she was Wait, like is, one of the only good theory? part. Oh my God. It is. Yeah. You didn't it know that? Is. It is. No. Yeah. A lot of people think Courtney oh, loved Kurt Cobain. I just oh, don't. I don't know. I feel like she's like been made into like kind of like a Yoko Ono figure because she like had her own career in the same, like yeah. she was also a rock star. I don't know. Yeah. And I will say like, listen, I'm going through a huge whole renaissance right now. So we will not be talking shit about Courtney Love on this podcast. Um, yeah, I, I love, highly recommend yeah, I love her. Doll Parts. I want to be yeah. the girl with all the cake is such a good line. I hope that she's inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Courtney, I love you. She probably won't be when you see the <laughs> list of people who have not been inducted I know, I know. into the Rock and Roll Hall of I Fame. I mean, <laughs> I love her for two because like, I think that our name sucks. Like, I think it's like a stupid bitchy name. I've said this before on the podcast. And I love that Courtney Love just like isn't a true Courtney. And I, yes. hope, I hope to yeah. be like that too. So She breaks she breaks yeah. the Courtney mold for sure. Yeah, but As apparently she didn't want to do it because of it reminding her of Kurt. And I guess like Aww. the character's name is Kurt. Who's your MVP for Velvet Goldmine? Oh man. I mean the costume lady. Sandy Powell. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Sandy Powell is up there. And honestly, I kind of Tony Collette is really up there yeah. for me also. I feel like she really she I mean she does this in every movie, but she really like she does. makes this this could have been a more of a throwaway part than it is. Yeah, it could have been and, oh my god, even McGregor also actually. I, I was know, gonna say, hard, like I know that again, Max, you don't believe it, but I do think it's that definitely like, not Ewan, his dialect coach, but no, it's not, no, not but Ewan no, no. is giving the movie like the adrenaline boost so of Rockstar mm-hmm. that Jonathan Reese Myers can't get to. Yeah. And so like I need that and I wanted to fuck him. And I think that he is just so good in this movie because I feel like he understands the material and like loves it and loves that character. So yeah. Bowie. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I think, him singing yeah. singing his own songs makes up for the the accent a little bit. Tiny bit. Yeah. No, he's super fun in it. I mean Sandy Powell definitely is like the star of the movie in yeah. a way. I I think it's really hard to do what Christian Bale does in this movie. He is the least flashy mm-hmm. part. He doesn't Ooh, really get to true. have fun. Yeah. And I think he's the best performance in the movie that is, yeah. I think he really gives you a lot and you get yeah. a sense of who he is. And I think his internal pain and the excitement of discovering something about himself and music and just everything. And I just was really 
I think I just was more drawn to his character in the movie. I just wanted more of whatever was going on with him. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like he gave, he gave the movie like a, another kind of pulse, like a, a yeah. Really, yeah. Like a, and yeah. I always, and I think it's like Bale's always looked at as being an actor who, who disappears into parts, okay. who's like a big actor, but like you really see a lot of the stuff that he did before, you know, he, was recognized in that way. And I think that he's always just done really solid work, even when he has to be really kind of quiet in the background. And I think he, mm-hmm. that's what makes him a great actor is he knows how to blend into the movie. If he has to, he doesn't have to walk away with it. He just knows how to play his part. And that's, I think yeah. a hard thing to do. Final rating. Oh yeah. I oh. think this one is like the meaning of a future cult classic. Like this is a yeah. Yeah. screening. I, where I, you can dress I would up. say so. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I, I really, I do have like such fun, like it, it was such an impactful movie for me as like a young, like I had, I had just come out when I saw this movie mm-hmm. and, and there was like this feeling of just like, Oh my God, like seeing. Yeah. I don't know. There, there's definitely, yeah. I, I, it's a cult movie for me, certainly. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. can't imagine. Yeah. Like seeing this as a teenager and, and I think that's really cool though. Cause it does kind of like come full circle with the movie where it's just, it is about that act of like discovery and, and, and finding something yeah. and, and just being excited about it and being like, Oh my God, I can't believe this exists. And, you know, seeing yourself reflected in something is always really great. Okay. And it seems like Todd Haynes has done a really great job of that. If you're curious about uh, Haynes's only strikeout with critics, you're going to have to get creative or hope you live somewhere with a cool video store still because uh, Velvet Goldwyn is not streaming anywhere, not even on the Sundance channel, which we fucked up and we told you it was streaming on last week. But when I tried to sign up for a free week, because it does say when you go to the website, it has an option to play it. But then when you go to play yeah. it, you can't play it. <laughs> so then right. I immediately canceled right. my free seven day trial. I said, fuck you yeah. for this. So, But again, like I love going to movie madness for my street cred movies so i know i'm stoked for videos so it was really, really sweet here, yeah, yeah like i got to the counter and he goes is this for the podcast again oh cute. talking about me <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was really sweet uh, yeah it was, I'm a movie, so i'm excited to turn if it you like jonathan reese myers you should see from paris with love Hey, but John Travolta, come on! No, your your video store guy. um, Sorry, they don't all sound like that. They don't all sound like the comic book. No, but it's a good one. It's a good one because you have like you have a creepy douchebag character. That's, that's, that's like kind of New York Italian. And then you have the new video store guy character. And <laughs> I really like live inside book. of me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do okay. love how your bits are often like New York Italian. That's yeah, they it are. I'm going to do a version of split about me having a bunch of different personalities, but they're all from New York suburbs or something yeah, different. Exactly. different. <laughs> okay. This guy's also from New York, but. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. You're so dumb. I'm schizophrenic anyway. guy who just does New York people. <laughs> He's only Anyways. from New York. <laughs> Sorry. What were you going to say, next, Courtney? I was going to say, I was going to say that next episode, we're going to be pivoting to a new mini series on the podcast that highlights some of our favorite guys being dudes movies which felt like the most natural progression after this series we'll be I kicking off so. the month of july yeah with a movie that we can't believe is actually celebrating its 20th anniversary the fast 
and the Furious. <gasps> That's pretty crazy. Oh my God. Luckily, wow. Jordana Brewster and I are aging just she looks both great. so well. I, she looks really good. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> she looks great though. Yeah, her and Michelle Rodriguez both look really good. Um, they do. That's right. It's been 20 years this summer since Brian O'Connor and Dom Toretto were boosting cars and hijacking trucks for their million dollar DVD player shipment, which is something that I forgot is what the first movie is about. I have no We've come so far in terms of these movies are now about like global like terrorism and like they're going to go to space for the Mm -hmm. next one. The first movie is literally just about it's basically Point Break but with like guys boosting cars and the whole thing is that they're trying to get a shipment of DVD players from a truck that's worth $1.4 million which is just incredible. Hilarious. I had no idea that's what it was about. So yeah, we're here to celebrate the simplicity of Rob Cohen's first installment in the unexpected multi-billion dollar franchise as well as the underappreciated third installment. Also Justin Lin's first foray into the franchise with the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Co-starring Lil Bow Wow. Yeah, Honestly, I'm really excited one. for that. Because that it's your like, favorite it doesn't one? have all the same characters, yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'll, I'm excited to rewatch it because I remember not liking it when it came out, but a lot of people really, really ride for Tokyo Drift. Oh, Tokyo Drift is amazing. <laughs> I, I got it, in a big yeah. fight with um, my friend that's nicknamed Mattress out here. He is full age and he... I was like, that has to be our favorite, basically. And he was like, no, that's my least favorite. And I was like, what? Ooh, and it's like, because it doesn't have like Paul Walker in it. And then he was like, no, I like Paul Walker. And I was like, I mean, listen, I like, I, the movie, I like your idea. You like, realize after Paul Walker is gone, how beneficial how much it was. He was to, doing, yeah, yeah. Like you really see the work he was doing in that one. And the seventh one is like, probably the best one because it's like surprisingly really emotional because you're like damn fucking Paul Walker's dead this is really sad and uh-huh. like there's something about him that's really sincere that I think he he brings to those movies that like you can make fun of it in the moment but you're like you know what they kind of need it that it needs him it yeah needs it needs him. him I fucking can't wait and <laughs> we're, we're gonna be joined by another returning guest critic and writer as well as Fast and the Furious super fan Logan Kenny but right now we want to say thank you as always to Kay we love you and we'll see you on our picnic soon please please please, please, please come, come back. back oh we already decided you were coming back for a very specific movie and then <laughs> when the Rock Hudson biopic gets greenlit we can group text about that um, yes Absolutely. So excited. Please remind our listeners of your Instagram and anything else you'd like to Shout yeah, totally. Out. It's at Kay Whalen. I talk with uh, another friend of ours, uh, Sam Zimmon, about wine uh, on Gay Wine. I We have not met in person, but if I have a free moment and Gay Wine is on, I will always like watch it. And he he's so funny. <laughs> no, he's amazing. He's, very, he's yeah, very funny. He's amazing. <laughs> yeah, we love Sam. So please follow um, Kay. But yeah, Kay. If you want to hear me talk more. <laughs> yeah, no. And especially if you like wine and you drink wine, like Kay is just going to have some great Wrecks. Some hot takes. Thanks. Yeah. Man. The way we recommend shitty movies, Kay can recommend good wine. <laughs> uh, but you, as always, you. don't forget to smash that subscribe button on iTunes and Spotify, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Write us a nice review, like our most recent five star review yeah. that simply says Michael Pitt was coming in the 90s, less so now. <laughs> we want to see more reviews like that on iTunes. <laughs> so, whoever you are out there, anonymous user <laughs> that thinks Michael Pitt was coming in the 90s, which let's be fair, he was. Um, I think they're talking <laughs> about the early 2000s, so like murder by numbers. I think that's when Michael Pitt's really coming. <laughs> 
you think Ryan Gosling was ever coming? No, I don't think Ryan Gosling has the ability. Me either. Ryan Gosling's been coming his whole life, and so he <laughs> he's not coming. No, he was fucking Sandra Bullock on the set of Murder by Numbers. Come on. Sure. But anyway, thank you for supporting the podcast. Thank you for recognizing coming actors in Hollywood. And as always, thank you to our listeners for supporting our little show every week. We love you, and we'll see you next week for, okay. for Dom Toretto and the family. Bye.